the way that you do. Pray that you'll be with us uh, for this uh, little bit of time in Sunday school. Father, speak to our hearts in a way that only you can. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. <clears throat> amen and amen. All right, so we'll get into uh, the lesson. And we're in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, uh, beginning with verse 6. And uh, just to kind of, again, I've, I've got some maps and stuff that I'd like to show you. And we'll kind of go down to the introduction there. You can just kind of look along on your notes. Uh, but uh, today we're looking at, uh, again, uh, Paul, Silas, and the Philippian jailer. And uh, most of us will probably recognize this chapter, uh, what uh, some have, uh, I think rightfully so, have uh, titled uh, The Macedonian Call of Paul. And what this has to do with is that uh, Paul, if you remember last lesson, we had seen how Paul had already begun his second missionary journey. Uh, he and Barnabas part company, and he takes Silas with him back up to Antioch. And, um, and so this is, all takes place during that second uh, missionary journey. And we also know, too, just, just for your information, that Luke is most likely, I believe, the author of the book of Acts. And, and uh, uh, he has probably joined up with them at some point. I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, but I think that's important to understand as well. Um, and we're, you know, we're leaving out a lot of details. I just encourage you to go back and read some of the previous chapters. But for time's sake, we just don't have time to look at everything. But uh, Paul will eventually find himself at Tros. And we're going to, I know you have a map there, but we're going to look at some more specific area here in just a moment and uh, really uh, zero in on the area uh, up here on the screen. Uh, and it's at Tros where he receives a vision. And there's where he's called to go into Macedonia. Uh, and, and again, uh, what we call today modern-day Greece. And, uh, and he and Silas, they actually arrive at a couple more cities before they actually get to the city of Philippi. And the city of Philippi is our city of focus this morning. And so in Philippi, <clears throat> Paul and Silas got quick uh, to preaching and, and seeing folks saved, as we'll see in just a moment. Uh, there would be a, a demon-possessed girl that Paul would cast the demon out of. And as we'll see, this would upset a lot of people because she was a, the Bible calls her a soothsayer, which meant like a foreteller, a fortune teller. And, of course, her, her masters made a lot of money off of this. And, and so when that ability was taken away from her, there was a, you know, you know you're getting people's pocketbook, amen, their money, and, and, and they get pretty, pretty upset about things. And so the end result is, is that Paul and Silas would be cast into prison uh, because of this. And, uh, uh, but we're going to see they did not get discouraged. Uh, and uh, about being in prison, the Bible says that they prayed and sang praises unto God. And, and we kind of have a picture of that up here uh, on our screen right now. Uh, and we're going to read about how an earthquake supernaturally came at midnight, and this resulted in the doors of all the cells being opened. And not only that, but everyone's chains falling off. Not just Paul and Silas, but from what I understand, everybody that was in that prison. And we've talked about this before, uh, the jailer that was over that. In other words, it was his responsibility. If, if a prisoner escaped, uh, he got punished for it. And so certainly often that meant death. Uh, and so once this jailer wakes up and he realizes everybody's out, uh, he is going to kill himself, uh, and, uh, but Paul stops him, and in the end, uh, the jailer and his family, uh, they, they get saved, amen? 
And really, it's a wonderful story, and we're going to pull some things from it, but really, that's what this is all about. And our key verse is found in the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 31, up here on your screen. Uh, and uh, the Philippian jailer would ask, What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And what a, what a remarkable story, you know, that, that we're looking at. We're going to pull several things from that. But I did want to kind of focus back in. This is a, a picture of what you have there in your lap, a map. And we're going to <clears throat> focus in on this area uh, right here that the square is around up on the screen. So that's kind of where we're zeroing in at. And then I'm going to show you another picture with that kind of blown up. And you can kind of get an idea of where some of these things are at. I'd mentioned the city of Tros. There's where, uh, now by the way, this, isn't, this, isn't, this was in Paul's day what these regions were called. Okay? So the, 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 the big part of land there on the right, right in here, that's, we're looking now at the western side of Turkey. And this up in here is southern Greece. Okay? And so there at Tros, that's where Paul... Uh, received what we call the Macedonia cry, and he would eventually uh, end up in Philippi right up there. So that's uh, where he would go, uh, not, not real far, uh, a couple days journey uh, to get there mostly by sea and land, uh, maybe, maybe a few more days than that. Uh, but you see some areas there. You see Ephesus, we, we know of that, and that, that line there is uh, kind of his second missionary journey. We're not going to get into all that today. Uh, but uh, you see Galatia, you see Bithynia up there at the top. And so just to kind of give you an idea, uh, Phrygia, uh, and you'll see some of these names mentioned throughout Scripture. So this kind of gives you an idea uh, of where uh, these, these places are at uh, there uh, on, on the map. And uh, so we're looking there at this little area, and we'll get into the Scripture. You'll see some of these, some of these names mentioned. And uh, so, okay, I have it right there. There's Tros and then also Philippi. So there's where Paul is going to leave from uh, by sea and by land and eventually end up in the city uh, of Philippi. And so we'll get right into the story this morning. And uh, we're looking there at number one there on your notes. Uh, Paul's call and revival, or I'm sorry, arrival to Macedonia. And you'll notice the fill in the blanks there, there uh, uh, that you can fill those in as we read here a little bit. But uh, Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 6, it says, Now when they had gone through Phy Phrygia uh, and the region of Galatia uh, and were forbidden uh, of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now it's my understanding that Paul Really, we, we saw there a picture of, of western Turkey. My understanding is there he kind of wanted to go north and, and probably east. Uh, you know, Paul felt that's where he needed to go, but the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going to do that. Okay, uh, And I think there's, you know, there's, there's a good message in that, but, but just to try to give you an idea of what was going on here. And it says, after they were come to Messiah, they essayed to go into Bithynia. That's that northern, they wanted to go back north and east, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Messiah, came down to Tros. So now they come back down. We saw that there on our map. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. Now where he's, he's, he sees a vision of southern, what today is called southern Greece. And prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And it says there in verse 10, And after he had seen the vision, immediately uh, we, and this is, this is Luke talking, uh, we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly, 
gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Amen. What a, what a, there's a good lesson there as well. Therefore, loosing from Tros, remember Tros, we came with a straight course to uh, some, I can't remember how to say that, uh, Samothraki, I think, uh, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city uh, of that part of Macedonia. So remember Philippi and a colony, and we were there in that city uh, certain days. And on the Sabbath, that is Saturday, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither, and a certain woman named Lydia, she's a pretty prominent figure in the New Testament, a seller of purple, this means that she was a woman of means, uh, of the city of Thyatira, uh, which worshipped God, heard us, uh, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. So even though her heart was toward God, she still hadn't been saved, uh, according to uh, accepting Christ as her Savior. Uh, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there, and she constrained us. And so we see there are some significant points out of here that Paul was forbidden by the Holy Ghost to go to Asia and Bithynia. Uh, and through a vision, Paul is led to Macedonia, and Paul and his company, uh, they come to Philippi. And we notice there the mention of Lydia uh, and her household are saved uh, and baptized. That is, that baptized people uh, are saved people. Amen. You, you get saved, then baptized. I, I know I mention that a lot, but we always want to make sure we understand that. And so there we have Paul's call and revival to Macedonia. Then letter B, uh, I'm not sure why I did that, but uh, oh, I know what I am. I'm going the wrong way. There we go. Okay. All right. Letter B, Paul heals a demon-possessed uh, damsel or young lady, young girl even, uh, in Acts chapter 16. Look there at verse 16. Um, it says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divine nation met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Uh, the same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, uh, my understanding is that would be a demon. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out uh, the same hour. And so through the power of Satan, we have really a slave girl that had the ability to foretell, uh, a fortune teller, if you will. Uh, by the way, folks, we never want to make light or joke of all that. That's, that's demonic. I realize a lot of it is fake and put on, but it's sure inviting a lot of spiritual wickedness into people's lives. And you need to stay as far away from that as you can. And so uh, that was the power of Satan that this slave girl had the ability to foretell. And this brought a lot of wealth to her masters. In other words, there were people that were simply making money off of this. And uh, Paul uh, cast the demon out, and she uh, obviously, as we see here, she loses her ability to, to do that anymore, to foretell. She can't do it anymore. And so that means these people aren't making money anymore. All right. And so they're, they're a little upset about things, as we're going to see here. And so we move on down, letter C. For casting out the demon, Paul and Silas are thrown into prison. And uh, so we see there, uh, we read uh, through verses 19 through 25. Um, it says, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas 
and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city uh, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, in other words, Paul and Silas, and commanded to beat them. Imagine. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Could you imagine being out here maybe soul winning? And uh, somebody gets upset about it, and next thing you know, you're, you're being whipped for it and carted off to jail. I mean, imagine how you would feel, okay? I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty upset. I'd be pretty mad, all right? I, I wouldn't be probably a, a very spiritual man at that moment. I'm just being, I'm just being honest with you, okay? Uh, but uh, but notice, uh, notice what uh, Paul and Silas do. You know, this is, this is amazing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and the multitude rose up together against them, ran off their clothes, already read that, commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. In other words, to secure them, who having received such a charge, in other words, he's taken this seriously, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stock. So he was really wanting to make sure these men did not escape. Now notice what Paul and Silas are doing. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And notice what it says, this is important, and the prisoners heard them. So not only the prisoners, but we also believe, and, and rightfully so, that the jailer also heard all of this. And uh, so Paul and Silas, no doubt, are not only praying, but they're, they are, uh, they are in, in, in ways, we don't know exactly how, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but no doubt the gospel has been shared while they're there in the prison. They are showing the light of Christ, even though they have been unrightfully treated, or un, I'm sorry, wrongfully treated, and uh, wrongfully thrown into prison. All they have done is shared the gospel. Okay, And the Bible says that uh, after they've been beat with many stripes. Now, now listen, we're, we're talking about blood was oozing out of their skin in many different places. That picture I showed you didn't really do any justice. I mean, they had been beat up pretty bad. And now they're in chains, in prison, in the inner prison. And what do they do? They pray and sing praises to God. Oh, boy, we could learn a lot there, couldn't we? <laughs> How often do we get so discouraged over far less? Somebody shuts a door in our face or looks at us cross-eyed, and, and we run for the hills. God help us, amen? God help us. I, I tell you, that, that really brings a lot of conviction to me because uh, uh, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. And so we see there some great things. We'll talk about that. Then we see a supernatural thing happen at midnight, an earthquake. So we read there at verse 26. Verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Uh, and the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. I explained the reasoning for that already. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And so we see there the prison doors open, everyone's chains fall off, their bands, if you will. And because of that, the keeper of the prison, knowing he was responsible, decides to kill himself, figured it'd be better on him to do that than to be uh, humiliated and, and, and probably tortured and so forth. And Paul tells the keeper of the prison uh, not to harm himself. And really, this is a miracle in itself. I mean, all the prisoners were still there, not just Paul and Silas, but all of them there. 
You know, and we're not talking about godly people. There's probably some scoundrels in there, but uh, God supernaturally had the earthquake come, and supernaturally uh, no one left either. Now remember, we read earlier that all the prisoners heard this preaching and teaching, so it could be that God just simply got a hold of their heart. They knew that, that this was something of the Lord. And, and again, we, we don't know, but, but that's just kind of my own, my own feeling there, and it certainly uh, could have happened. There's no doubt about that. So we move on. Letter E, uh, the jailer uh, des desires to be saved. And uh, this is a wonderful story. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling. This is the jailer, came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. I shared with some of the folks Wednesday night that uh, uh, we had a great time uh, at the prison uh, uh, last uh, Tuesday. And uh, uh, I, I'm just reminded here, we had a young man get saved. His name is Pete. Pray for him. Uh, but he literally like jogged up to the front of the room when I gave the invitation. He was, I mean, he locked on and he said, I need to be saved and I need to be saved right now. And uh, amen, that's, that's, that's a soul winner's dream right there, right? And uh, so here we have kind of the same situation. Uh, he, wants to be, uh, he wants to be saved. And they said, here's what you do, believe on, there's our theme verse, our key verse, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of God and to all that were in the house, not just him, uh, but uh, his, his family as well. And uh, of course the result of that would be not only he, but his family would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior as well. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, that is Paul and Silas's, and was baptized, he in all his straight way. And uh, so what a wonderful story there. And so really the jailer asks, most important question anybody could ever ask, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas answer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see there that the result of that was not only that he was saved, uh, but his household was saved as well, and they were baptized, amen. Believers ought to be baptized, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're saved, you're not baptized. You need to take care of that. You need to be scripturally baptized. And uh, so again, we see that uh, there in Acts 16, verse 29 through 33. And uh, letter F, uh, letter F, and we're, we'll take time here to break some things down on what we learned from this in just a moment. Uh, the jailer, uh, I think this is interesting. Once, once he's saved, he ministers to Paul and Silas. Uh, we read there uh, in verse 33 already how he washed their wounds and gave them food. Uh, but then we read in verse uh, 34 uh, that, uh, and, and when he had brought them into the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing uh, in God with all his house. And so, again, the jailer rejoiced. You know, safe people are happy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 I tell you, that's, uh, that's a wonderful story. And we see there that right away that he ministers, you know, which is another uh, uh, a great thing. When, when people get saved, you know, there's a change in their life. And in letter G, uh, when it was day, in other words, the next day rolls around, the magistrates, uh, the ones that had them put in prison, simply just say, okay, they can go. They, you know, all right, you guys just go ahead and go. All right, but we're going to see Paul, Paul isn't going to accept that. He says in verse 35, when it was day, the magistrates sent uh, the sergeants uh, saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. And, uh, you know, we would probably say, yeah, hey, man, God blessed and, and they're getting to go home. Uh, but Paul, he's not, you know, he's not 
he's not uh, uh, content with that. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned. In other words, you did all this in public. Being Romans, and, and Paul was, was a Roman, and have cast us into prison, uh, and now do they thrust us out privily, nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. So Paul said, hey, they put us in here. They need to come and put us out. And Paul's making a point here. You know, he's making a point. Uh, and the surgeons told these words unto the magistrates, uh, and they feared uh, when they heard that they were Romans, because Roman citizens had to be treated a certain way. Surely they didn't realize that. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. Now, we don't really get any detail on what the conversation was, but no doubt the, there were many witnesses there that saw this. And what that did was, was it told the, the, the world, the community there, that they had done nothing wrong, that they had suffered uh, unjustly. And I think that's important. Uh, and they came besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And uh, so Paul and Silas refused to go. Uh, they demand uh, that those who threw them in prison come and release them. Uh, and they do what, what Paul had commanded there, as you see there on uh, letter G. And then finally, Paul and Silas go to the house of Lydia. And we just simply read there in verse 40, And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. I think that's interesting that Paul and Silas were comforting them. No doubt they were probably all upset about all this. And then they depart and continue on with their second uh, uh, part of their second missionary journey. And so that's the story, and we'll get into what we learn and some principles here in just a moment. But does anybody have any questions on the story itself? You know, the timeline, the places, or anything like that? Anybody have any questions? Okay. All right, all right. So let's jump into what we learn. Okay. And I mentioned this already. Uh, you see there, uh, just continue on there with your outline. Uh, although beaten, humiliated, uh, and cast into prison, Paul and Silas maintain a good attitude, you know, uh, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, this was amazing. And uh, we also mentioned there that the, those in the prison, they heard it. Their praying and their singing was noticed. Now, what if they'd have been in there mad and slamming things and woe is me you know, the whole world's coming to an end, they would have heard that too, wouldn't they? They would have heard that as well, you know. So again, it's, it's something that we need to think about when we're, uh, you know, we, here's the thing, folks, you know, it, you, know, I, you, know, you know, most of us, maybe all of us even are saved here this morning, um, and we all know that, that, that God's good to us, right? And we all know that we've got more than we've ever deserved, right? Right, God's been good to us. We know that one of these days that whether we're raptured or we go by the grave, that we're going to make heaven our home someday, right? We all say that. But what happens when we don't act like that? You know, when we just, I mean, we get upset, we get mad. You see what I'm saying? You know, and, and believe you me, I, man, I, I, I'm saying I'm guilty. I, I'm, I'm preaching to me more than anybody right now. I mean, if, 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 if I was treated the way they were treated, I, you know, I, I hope that I could do that, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I get down in the mouth just like everybody else, right? Uh, but, but wow, what a challenge, you know. Uh, I know I should be, right? I mean, I, I hope that I would do that. I hope that I would stand the test and, and do what God uh, would have me to do. And so it was noticed uh, they did not allow their suffering to sour them. There's a, there's a, there's a message title right there, amen. <laughs> 
They, they didn't allow their suffering to sour them. And how many of us, we do that? Me, you know, I, I can't speak for you, but I know I have. Um, and so number three there, they believed and lived what Jesus taught about suffering. You know, it's easy to live it, you know, to be happy in Jesus when everything's going your way. But anybody can do that, right? But boy, when it's not going your way, there's where, and by the way, that's where it shines the brightest. That's where people really notice you love Jesus, amen? And so again, what a wonderful thought that is. And we have a passage of Scripture there on your notes. Jesus teaching, uh, uh, teaching here uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Notice this is blessed. What's that word blessed mean? It means happy. Happy are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's why. That's why. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heavens, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You're not the only one to suffer. As a matter of fact, I don't know your life and how much you suffer, but probably nobody in here has ever suffered the way these two men did for the cause of Christ. I could be wrong. If I am, I apologize. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, what, what a wonderful challenge here. What a wonderful challenge. Uh, convicting, but also, uh, you know, it, it ought to inspire us as well. So that's one thing we learn. Uh, we, whoops, why do I keep doing that? All right, letter B. Uh, things Paul and Silas did that led the jailer and his household to salvation. And very simply, just, you know, we've already looked at these. But here's some things, you know, if, if we want to be that type of witness, in other words, not, not only what we say, but our life preached the way that it should. Here's some things we need to have. Uh, they, we learned that they prayed, that, and they all start with P. They praised God. Uh, they possessed the power of God. In other words, I believe that that earthquake was, was for their benefit. Amen. And God will do super, supernatural things for you as well. Amen. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Me, me and Brother True, we agree. All right. And so, so praise the Lord. All right. And uh, number four, they portrayed compassion for the jailer. I mean, they, they could have been, you know, I told you so. You know, God's on my side. You guys are all going to go to hell. You know, but they didn't. They, they showed compassion. Amen. Uh, they wanted to see him saved. Uh, and certainly they preached uh, Jesus to the jailer. And you say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, let me tell you something. Your life will preach better than I could ever preach and probably better than any other preacher can preach. Your life preaches, amen. And so again, we certainly saw a, an example of that. And by the way, your life preaches best when you're in a difficult time in your life. That's when the preaching of your life gets the best, amen. And uh, all I can say is amen, but also woe is me, because I certainly have, have failed in that area many times. So Paul and Silas, uh, what some things they did to the jailer. These are things, too, that I believe we uh, should do as well. And so we'll get to principles applied here in just a moment. Does anybody have any questions or comments or anything that uh, they'd like to share? Anybody? Uh, yes, Miss Sue. They preached Jesus to the jailer. So, got the pulpit in the way. Amen. I'll have to remember that. I'll try to not go so far down. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. All right. Yes, Brother Bob.
Yeah, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let, let me ask you guys a question. Why do you think that is? In other words, why do you think that we, if we're reacting to persecution or, or some type of uh, hard time in our life, when we're reacting in a godly way, you know, what, what are some specific reasons for that, do you think? In other words, what, what, and there's a lot of different answers to this. There's one specifically that I'm looking for, but just kind of want to have a little discussion here about that. Why is it that it works that way? Why is it we have to come to that point, you know, you know persecution being, uh, you know, going through a rough time that we shine the best? wonder why that is. Brother Bob? Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Right. Right. Amen. That's that's a, that's a good answer. Um, certainly, exactly right. But there's still another reason that I'm looking for. It has to do with you personally, Miss Martha. True. Yeah, amen. Certainly he lived that example. He lived that example. But, but I'm wondering, what, I guess what I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating what I'm wanting to ask, but I'm saying, what is it about us that makes it work that way? In other words, what happens to me when I'm under persecution or going through a hard time? What happens to me that I'm able to have Christ work through me that way and shine the brightest. Right, right, amen, amen. That, that's, that's, now we're heading in the right direction. And by the way, all these answers are correct, but there, there's a specific thing I think God would have us to understand. Miss Anita? Amen, amen, amen. I'm sorry? Humble, yeah, amen. Now you guys are getting there. That's what I'm saying. It goes back to what Paul would say, I die daily. You see, I go back to what I said earlier. If, if everything in my life is good, it's easy to be on fire for Jesus. And I think sometimes God does these things to, I heard, I don't remember who said it, I heard the word humble. In other words, I think it just reminds us. And, and the, the other part of this is, is that the more of me that has no influence, okay, the more God's working through me. Amen? You know, I mean, that, 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 that's it. I mean, and I think sometimes when we're going through those things, it's for a reason. We have to come, the Bible says, to the end of ourselves. And that's when God can really work in your life. When you're at your weakest, God is at His strongest. Hallelujah. Amen? And for that, we can rejoice. Amen. All right. All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good, 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 good. Amen. All right, so principles to be applied. And we're going to kind of go through these quickly. Uh, they, uh, you have the, the scriptures there, and, and I'll probably just read one or so out of those. But this is for your further study. And so a principle here to be applied. The jailer asked the most important question that a man could ask, what must I do to be saved? 
And he was told in Acts 16.31, our key verse, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see some other verses there uh, as well. Mark 16.16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And so we, we have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, number two, uh, we have to accept Jesus' sacrificial death. Uh, in other words, we understand that Jesus died on the cross for us. Tells us John three seventeen, for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him, that is through His sacrificial death, uh, might be saved. How Jesus is the door. We see down there at the bottom, Romans five nine, justified by His blood. Certainly talking about the sacrificial death. Um, uh, number three, receive the grace of God. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 5, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Romans, uh, uh, yeah, Romans 5, 8 says, uh, While we were yet sinners, while we were yet in our sin, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing? And uh, so receiving the grace of God, uh, back to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of uh, of God. Some other verses there. I know I'm going kind of fast here. Number four, realize the knowledge uh, of truth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of truth, that they might be saved. You see, folks, the reason this is important, 1 Timothy uh, echoing the same thing there, 2-4, the reason this is important because there's a lot of and unfortunately, we have a lot of churches out there that encourage this, and it's, shame, it's, it's a shame and very sad that, that a lot of people think that because they, they just simply believe, you know, in God or a God, just simply believe, hey, yeah, I, I, I trust God. I, I pray every once in a while when, I, when everything else fails, I pray, you know, those types of things. I hear those types of things all the time. But see, we need to know the truth. And it's not the truth that you've made up in your mind or what you think or feel. It's the truth of the Word of God. Amen? That, that's so important because I run into this a lot. A lot of people, you know, are you saved? Oh, yeah, I'm saved. I prayed to God and, you know, I didn't die in this car wreck and, you know, I should have died a hundred times so God has saved me. Well, God has spared you possibly, but, but listen, you have to be saved according to what the Bible, according to what the truth of the Word of God is. Amen? Not some type of thing you've put up in your mind to, to give you some ease. We need the truth. Amen. Amen. And so when Jesus says, no one coming to the Father but by me, he's saying those biblical truths, that's so important to understand. You know, and I hope and pray we're all saved this morning. But, but if you're not or you're not sure, you need to come and see me or, or some of these other folks that are saved and, and get that nailed down today. Amen. Right now. That's important. Okay. So I just want to encourage you with that. All right. So we just got a minute or two, maybe time for a question or a comment before we're dismissed. Anybody? All right. Is everybody feeling good this morning? Amen. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. All right. All right. I'm going to do that one more time. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. All right, a little bit better. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. God bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Oh, forgot. Uh, next week we'll be looking at Philip and the eunuch, and uh, so another great salvation story. All right, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life, your love, your mercy, your grace. Father, thank you for this wonderful reminder of this story, Lord. Uh, seeing it all broken down, and, and uh, Father, hopefully we can vision these things happening in our mind. And, 
Father, understanding that uh, these things are important, and uh, Father, that, that a man that day was saved, and his family as well. And so, Father, just help us to be the types of Christians that Paul and Silas were, especially when persecuted and, and wrongfully treated, Lord. And, and uh, Father, we know that uh, it's in those dark hours of our life that really the gospel shines the brightest. Father, that is if we respond correctly. So, Father, help us to learn from that today. Father, again, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, I pray that you speak to their heart. Looking forward to the preaching hour as well. Pray, Lord, that you'll bless and lead and guide in everything today. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right.